Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. And the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that he is God.
Well, good morning. Thank you so much for making the time. Apologies for the uh, technical difficulties this morning, but uh, glad you could join. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. And as we get started today, let's just open in prayer and uh, welcome you in. So thank you again for watching on YouTube or Twitter, Instagram, the church Facebook page. We're all over the, uh, the web. 
Jesus, thank you again that you love us. Thank you for this um, time that we can gather and focus in on you. Thank you for your love for us and to us and the plan that you have that we might be used of you, that we might experience you and see you do great and mighty things, even using us. We thank you for your forgiveness and your help. We thank you for family and friends and fellowship and those that come alongside and encourage and challenge and uh, use your word to bring out truth and the best in us. So God, we thank you for this time and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we say amen and we thank you again for being a part of Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Once more, my name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We're on YouTube. You can subscribe at Living Hope Wesleyan Church there. Also, the church Facebook page. There's also a church Facebook group, but the church Facebook page is the same as Twitter, at Hope for Vermont. And uh, we encourage you to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan, which is the same as our Instagram handle as well, at Living Hope Wesleyan. But uh, we do thank you for being a part and uh, joining us. Here's a little uh, picture icon that you can look for and see as you search for your, um, through your podcast for Living Hope Wesleyan. As we continue this morning, we just want to remind you that this is the final Sunday of March. So uh, April showers bring May flowers. So we're excited about what is to come, but even more what God has uh, planned for us at times. I admit I do not know. I seek wisdom and vision and direction and guidance, but um, we just follow Jesus as he leads and want to obediently and boldly, courageously take the next steps following him. Uh, at the 9 a.m. in-person service today at Crossbrook Brook Middle School, 9 a.m. Crossbrook Brook Middle School, that's Duxbury, Vermont. Uh, we are going to have kids packs available, and those will be available to you, as well as connection cards as you're able to join in person. If not, just email or text me your uh, contact information as we want to keep you up to date on everything that's taking place at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You can email me, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, and type that uh, information in the comments section or send a direct message, private message as well. The memory verse for this month is Genesis 3.19 as we begun Lent, as we thought about Ash Wednesday. And Genesis 3.19 says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Not the most uh, inspiring, invigorating, encouraging verse, but a reminder that without Jesus we are just flesh and blood. With Jesus we can have abundant life and salvation, but Genesis 3.19 Ash Wednesday, a reminder, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's the memory verse as we look towards Easter, as we remember what God has done for us and given to us and what we have available in and through him as his followers. Uh, Genesis 3.19 Hopefully you've had the opportunity to memorize that um, this month. As we continue, we're just going to enter our prayer time, and uh, we just think of all of those that we could pray with, pray for, uh, the encouragement to bear one another's burdens, to reach out and ask people to pray for us, to share in our needs, and not just to pray for others, but to share in one another's burdens. Let us pray for each other. And Jesus, again, we take a breath 
and quiet our hearts and ask that we could focus on you. We thank you for your presence and your goodness, for your power and your strength. We thank you, God, for your word and your love letter to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, for speaking to us, for convicting us, for helping us. And Jesus, we just think of all the inadequacy and the insecurities that we have and the desire just to follow you, to obey you, to make you proud of us. We thank you for loving us and ask for your love for your creation, for your love of others, for those that are difficult to be around, for those we have personality conflicts with, for those that we have broken relationships. We ask, oh God, that you would heal and bring restoration. And Jesus, we just pray for those that are in need, whether physical healing, that are financially burdened, that have struggles. We just ask that you would just break the chains of addiction that they would choose you, that we would choose you, that we would celebrate together that you are God, that you are Savior, that you are Creator, but you are the one we choose to follow and obey. So, Father, for our loved ones, for our family, for ourselves, we say, here we are. Create in us a new heart. Search us, O God, and make us what you need us to be to reflect your love to others, that we would be love because we are hidden with Christ in you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And we do uh, thank you for making the time to be a part. Once again, my name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Hopeforvermont.org is the website. We do thank you for your continued giving through tithes and offerings, whether online, hopeforvermont.org, the Be Generous tab. Uh, in person, 9 a.m. at uh, Crescentbrook Middle School on Sundays or at the chapel campus during our uh, life group or anytime at the chapel campus, 5793 Waterbury Stowe Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont, 05677. And uh, we do invite you for our life group as we conclude with the way of the dragon or the way of the lamb. Life group Wednesday, 7 a.m. in person at the chapel or via Zoom. We'd love to have you become part of that as well. As we continue, we look at Revelation 3, 15 and 16 from two weeks ago, and we continue with, are you useful? Are you being used of God? Are you available? I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And before we go too far, I have to admit, I do not enjoy scalding hot coffee. I do not enjoy ice cold beverages because, well, the ice kind of hurts my teeth. But this reference is, I want you to be useful. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be good for nothing. God wants to use us. Are you, are we being used of by God? God wants to use us. It is not okay just to say, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Now, let me just sit down and be uh, fat, dumb, and happy it's more, God, okay, now I am on mission. I'm in training. I want to be used by you. I want to experience you using me. Are you being useful? Luke 14 
Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Have you lost the seasoning that God has put on your lips like honey, like good for healing and sweet, that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness, that people would taste by our actions, our interactions, and see that God is good, that they would desire more of him. Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Listen and understand that God wants us to be useful. Do not be lukewarm. So last week, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They muttered, they sputtered, they were jealous, they didn't understand, they were ignorant. And sometimes we're ignorant to that fact as well. We're just like, God, why would you do that? Jesus, that does not make sense. Jesus, that puts you in a precarious position where people could speak all kinds of evil against you, but isn't that a beatitude? Blessed are you when people persecute you, revile you, and say all sorts of lies about you because of me, because of Jesus. They muttered at Jesus. So Jesus told them the story. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Won't he be useful and used of God to reach out to the one that was lost? And then when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep in the same way. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Call together your friends and your neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because there's joy in heaven over the one lost sinner who repents and returns to God. We have heard this numerous times. We would believe that it's true. We desire for it to happen. But when has it taken place in your life? So we go on and he tells another story. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? She loses one silver coin. Maybe we've heard this so often that we forget the meaning or have never heard the meaning. And as I did some research, as I try to do, I found a couple interesting points. The silver coin, it was the equivalent to a Greek drachma or a Roman denarius, which equals one day's wages so she had a 10 weeks or 10 days wages two weeks pay but this was part of her dowry well what is a dowry this would suggest this would imply this would communicate that this was a single woman looking to be married because a dowry Back then in ancient times, ancient days, which I do not understand and it still happens around the world thankfully not here the least that I know of, but a dowry is money brought by a bride to her husband on their marriage. So it's not, hey, here I am, but here I am and two weeks wages. Here I am and this is what I have for you. This is what I'm giving you. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? Why? 
Well, in those days, the Palestinian homes were poorly lit and normally had dirt or stone floors. According to the Filament Bible, the Filament Bible has an app which has study notes and I love. So I just bought one for my daughter <coughs> and she called my bluff because I bought one, but I did not like the color. So I said, I'm going to buy one that I like the color and I'll give the one I don't enjoy the color to my daughter. But it's the Filament Bible, which has an app that you just scan the page and it gives you all the study notes of the chapter that you're reading, Filament Bible. I am not promoted or paid by them, but I would certainly encourage you to get a copy of the Filament Bible, download the app and have these study notes. But the Palestinian homes were poorly lit. Most of them, as was stated, did not have windows. You could not see very well. She wanted to find this coin, this one day's wages that went with her dowry so that she could get married. This is how it looked. You had this little clay bowl, a lamb filled with oil with a wick on it, and she would go around the house cleaning and searching and looking for this because... Well, she wanted to find this dowry. This was not just some change in your swear jar or some cash tips you brought home or even a paycheck. But this meant much more to her. This was her provision, her security. This would be her identity. I'm not saying that women get their identity from the person they're married to, but I'm saying in the story, this parable that Jesus told in the ancient times, they would understand the culture and context that he was speaking to, that this lost coin represented the dowry, her husband, the wedding marriage relationship. This represented much more than just loose change that she lost or a paycheck that she forgot to deposit. This was her identity. This is why she would search and search and search. With the lost sheep, do we search and search or do we say 99 is enough? With the lost coin, do we search and search and say, I'm okay being a little bit broken. I'm a little bit uh, unfulfilled. I'm okay being a little bit incomplete or do we desire God to make us whole, that our identity would be as his, that we would understand his provision, his security, what he provides, making us whole, making us complete, giving us the full number 10, not just nine is good enough. Why settle for good enough when God has so much more for us? Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins, loses one, won't she lay a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. This is the same as Luke 15, 6 with the lost sheep. Call your neighbors and your friends and say, rejoice with me. I have found what was lost. Rejoice with me. I have found what was lost. When have we said, rejoice with me, what is lost has come home. What is lost has been found. There's been certain times that I've lost different things, and I rejoice that I lost it. Now, my wife or daughter might say, well, if you would put that in a place that you would remember, you would not have to search and search. If you were a little bit more organized, then you would not have to search and search. And they have a valid point, but I think that's taking the story where I do not want it to go. This story is about 
the woman that lost a coin that represented her dowry, that represented the identity, the completeness of being married, of what that was going to happen, what was going to take place in her life. In the same way, there is joy in heaven in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. This is a reflection also on uh, the 99, but also it speaks to well, let me go here. Uh, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Where does this come from? Actually, this comes from Luke 12, 8 and 9. Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, this Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels, but anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Interesting how when people ask me, so Jeff, what do you do for work? As I work top-notch at Top-Notch Resort Friday mornings, hey, what's your full-time job? I can say, well, I do some counseling. I do some officiating of weddings or funerals, or I kind of work part-time here, and I work part-time there, and I have... Or I could say I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, I try to share the good news of Jesus. I do not want to deny Jesus his impact on others by just a simple witness to others. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one, won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, She will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. Won't we also share with others that there is joy in the presence of God's angels even when one sinner repents? Won't we acknowledge him publicly? In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. The question, one of you Rejoice because a sinner was saved. The question is, when is the last time you called your church friends and said, Rejoice with me, someone has repented. The question is, when have we been useful and used of God that we planted seeds and we watered and we spoke and we shared and we showed and we displayed and we revealed the goodness of God and then they responded to the Holy Spirit's wooing of their heart, their conviction of their sin, their calling to the healing and the freedom that he gives and we could say let's repent and rejoice because there are those that have come to know him as savior and are making him lord and following jesus when was the last time we the local church rejoiced because someone became saved became a christian confessed their sin i was speaking with someone the other day and they said oh don't you think that people should be coming to God because of their sin, which, yes, they should. But I was wondering, shouldn't people be coming to God because they can look at the news and see what's taking place? They can see the wars and rumors of wars. They can see the diseases and the pestilence. They can see what the Bible speaks of, of the end days. They can put two and two together and say, wow, we are closer each day to the last days, but we are 
in a time that seeks meaning and healing and hope and the peace that only Jesus gives, can't we just look outside and see that we need Jesus? We need more of him, that he gives us all of himself. And little by little, we open our lives to him to come in and clean out and to make new. So we have the hope of Jesus living in us. When was the last time? We rejoice because a sinner was saved, because someone we had prayed for, had interceded for, repented, and came to him. Pray so God can prepare you. Pray so God can prepare you. Pray that you can see the opportunities God gives you, and pray that you will make the most of every opportunity. Let's look at those again. Pray so God can prepare you. Pray so that you can see the opportunity God gives you and pray that you will make the most of every opportunity as it says in Ephesians 5.16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, in these evil days. Well, I don't know how, like this doesn't make sense. This is so difficult. Well, isn't it good that Romans speaks of the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness? For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. We just, oh, God, help us. God, you know what to do. Jesus, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know the next step. God, I just want to do what's right. I struggle and yearn and fight temptation, but the thought of your salvation, not only for myself and my family, not only for those in our congregation, but those in our community, those in our workplace, those that desperately need you, Jesus. I'm just groaning and asking, please, God, interpret this prayer. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And the Father knows what the Spirit is saying. The Father knows what the Spirit is saying. So we can yearn and groan and ask God, Jesus, I don't know, but I desire you. Please give me your wisdom. Make your thoughts my thoughts. Make your ways my ways, that I would transition what I want. I would transform and renew my mind, that I would follow you. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know, this is Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Jesus, I pray that you would use me, that you would prepare me, that you would not call me lukewarm, that I would be salty in season, and that when I am around people, people would see you because I'm hidden with Christ in God, that people would know that my desire is not to be in the comfort of the 99, or perhaps that is my desire, but I am willing to go and reach the one lost. I'm willing to search out for that one piece to make my identity complete, to know that you provide security and provision for me. I'm willing to search and light a lamp and clean and carefully search and look out till I can find the completeness that you've called me into your identity. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. 
This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them, even disobeying the religious law, spending time with them, eating with them, listening to them, conversing, perhaps even laughing at them and with them and just being there for them. So Jesus told them a story. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Maybe some of you need to shut off this sermon now. You have to turn off the YouTube channel right now or you say immediate following. You are going to send a text. Write a note. Call somebody that is far from God. Call somebody that needs to know the hope of Jesus. Call somebody that needs to know that you still love them, that you intercede for them, that you pray and God is laying them on your heart now and you think of the next story in this chapter of Luke, the prodigal son, and you are praying for them that they would come to their senses, that they would realize that Jesus is for them, that his love has not separated them, but their own choosing, their own sin has separated them and they could come back to God. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she understands her dowry is complete. Now her identity can be made complete. Now she can realize that God has created her for our purpose, that she would not live with insecurity, that she would not live in less than what God would provide, that God would provide for her. And she would call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So Jesus told them the story. And as a pastor, I desire to tell you the story that Jesus is for you and he loves you and he desires to make us useful, that we would share his love story with others, his call to repentance, his healing, his forgiveness of sins, his hope, his peace, that as people watch the news, as people are convicted by their sins, that they would not come under guilt and shame and condemnation, but they would be reminded that now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, for those that declare that those do not deny that they are followers of Jesus, that they have asked Jesus to come and forgive them, to heal them, to give them freedom, but also that we will follow, that we will walk in step, that we will obey Jesus. There is no condemnation for those that say, Jesus, I follow you. I obey you. I desire you. I pray that you would prepare me that I would see the opportunities that you give and I would make the most of every opportunity as I abide and remain and rest with you, Jesus, and your Father and our Heavenly Father. 
Jesus, may we have the desire to love you, but to grow in you, and not just so that we would be secure in you, but that you would use us to reach others to experience your salvation. Even now, put on our hearts and minds those that need you, that we would text them, that we would write a note, that we would send an email, that we would call them, that we would let them know that we love them and that we are praying for them, that you would connect those proverbial dots, that your Holy Spirit would interpret the groanings that even we or they do not understand, but that you would unite them with you and they would say and desire and make clear that they repent from their sins and they choose to follow you to make you Savior, that we would rejoice with others because there are those that have repented that there are those that have asked for your salvation and you are faithful and you are just and you give us what we ask for. So we ask for your salvation. And we thank you, Jesus, because you are good. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.